I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. Right. This week's episode is almost, almost all about Motoguzzi. And that's because I recently posted a video on YouTube with a review of the Motoguzzi V7 III or V7 III Stone from 2019. I had the bike for an afternoon to test out in Tenerife. Nice weather, dry roads, perfect opportunity to really test it to my limits. And I absolutely loved it. And it left me thinking at the end of the video, why? Why is this bike not more popular? And the only reason I could think of uh, as to why the Motoguzzi, Motoguzzi in general, but the Motoguzzi V7, why is it not more popular? The only thing I could come to think of is the marketing around Motoguzzi. Piaggio, who own Motoguzzi, they just haven't got the marketing right at all. Um, uh, And I wanted to kind of open up the floor for people so i said look let me know what are your thoughts on motoguzzi why doesn't it sell in more numbers because the motorbike is very very good and the response i got was absolutely eye-opening i it was so eye-opening actually that i'm going to be sharing now a few a few different replies from people as to why they think Motoguzzi is it's not popular right okay so let's have a look I'm going to begin with right here we go I'm going to begin with a feed that I actually pinned to the top of YouTube and this is this is an answer or a bit of input from Motoguzzi that is one of my favorites here we go and I'm quoting here Freddie 
The simple answer to your confusion is that the Italians are too hard-headed to listen to others' suggestions. Over here in the US, there are few company representatives to handle people's problems, not to mention trying to get parts in of any kind in a timely matter. And this was pre-COVID. So imagine the nightmare in which you will deal with today. It's really a shame as they're beautiful machines. We good see guys over here, I own two, say that these bikes are the best kept secret. Once the heads are retorked two times, these machines are virtually bulletproof, but a lack of dealerships are also a main problem for Motoguzzi over here, and there are many reasons for this, all of which the company is aware of and should be aware of by, by now, but they simply don't give a damn. And that is why people buy other bikes. Good dealerships sponsoring your products, access of parts and mechanics to work on your bikes are the three main keys to successful company or to a successful company. And that, my friend, is why you see very few Motoguzzi's here in the States. So in essence, Motoguzzi has failed us over here and received an F, uh, an F grade. Have a great day from your friend on the other side of the pond. This exact input, and bear in mind, this is an input from a Motoguzzi owner, an owner of two Motoguzzi's. So this, this isn't some third party person here who just thinks, oh, I don't like Motoguzzi's. This is coming from a Motoguzzi owner. And the amount of people who've got in touch with me, Motoguzzi owners, to say that Motoguzzi and Piaggio is an absolute disgrace the way they treat their customers. It, it has absolutely blown my mind. I'm going to actually read you now. So I'm just scrolling through my phone and also checking my YouTube just to see, uh, just to see a few of the different comments. So I'm going to read a few more and then I want to give you a few of my thoughts after having read really over the past three or four days, a lot of these interesting bits of insight from Motoguzzi uh, owners. So, uh, and I'm quoting here, speaking for good sea lovers here in Seoul, Korea, there is only one showroom and therefore one official service center here in Seoul, South Korea, which is a city of 15 million. And there is practically no adverts or marketing anywhere in the Korean media. It's almost as if they're ashamed to show their faces. Of course, there are one or two independent garages that can repair uh, a more modern Motoguzzi. But they are always, block capital, always waiting for parts from Italy, which is a shame because they're genuinely cool bikes. This, this, I, I've had so many people saying, you know, uh, I needed, uh, I needed my Moto Guzzi fixed and I had to wait three months, three months. I'll see if I can find it. But there's a Canadian, he said he needed a fairly simple part for his Moto Guzzi. He had to wait in Canada three months for the parts to arrive in Canada, meaning he missed the entire motorcycling season in Canada. The entire season. So there's one year, one year of your motorcycling life gone because Motoguzzi cannot get the parts over to Canada in a timely fashion. That's a huge problem. And that is a very, very serious problem because if I'm looking to buy a motorbike, Guess what? I actually want to ride the motorbike. That may surprise Motoguzzi, but I do actually want to ride it and make sure that if something breaks on it, they can get the parts to me. I'm happy to wait two weeks if needed, although 
in all honesty, I'm not that happy to wait two weeks, but I'll, I'll let it slide for two weeks. But three months is completely, completely ridiculous. Right, I'm enjoying these. Let me carry on here. Okay, I recent, oh, now this is interesting. I think, judging by the name, this is a Dutch rider. Freddy, I recently sold my Bonneville and bought a Moto Guzzi V7 Classic, which has the spoked wheels and lots of chrome. Do I miss my, vo my Bonneville? Yes, but this bike has much more character and the sound coming from the stock pipes is addictive. I ride my Guzzi much more frequently than I did the Bonneville. And although not a perfect bike, if such a bike exists, I totally fell in love with riding all over again. Brilliant. I actually really do genuinely think here, and I, I wouldn't say this about any other bike, I really, really mean this. I think if you're going to be a motor good owner and have the least stressful experience possible, I really think you have to live in Europe to be able to get those parts from Italy in in you know at least a decent amount of time. I thought I think you've got to you're gonna have to be living within close proximity to Italy. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I really do think it like, it sounds like the attitude of Moto Guzzi and uh, Piaggio in general, but let's say the attitude of Moto Guzzi is that uh, someone said to me, when you buy Moto Guzzi, Moto Guzzi act like you're lucky to be allowed to buy the bike. That This old Italian kind of attitude where, oh, you, you should feel lucky to buy it. We, we don't have to treat you well. You're the lucky one coming into the show and being allowed to buy one of our bikes. That attitude, wow, oh, that's an old school attitude, isn't it? You don't get too many successful automotive brands now with that kind of old school attitude, especially when they're owned by Piaggio as well. But, well, let me carry on. Freddie. I owned a V7 2 Stone, a beautiful looking and characterful bike. However, for me, performance and brakes didn't quite do it. So I moved over to a Monster 696. Uh, interesting going for more power. A few people have said that a little bit down on power. That's personal preference because I personally, it's a microscopic amount, the Moto Guzzi V7, a microscopic amount faster than the Interceptor at 47 horsepower. Uh, I like that amount of power. Maybe I would go for 65 horsepower. That's about my sweet spot, but I found it okay. Although for a lot of people, they, they need a bit more oomph from their bikes. So that is a reason I've heard quite a few times. Right. Um, Oh, that's a fair point. Someone said, Freddie, you need to test out the Yamaha XSR 700. This bike needs to go into the mix of these, you know, th these modern classics. And I've never tried one. I need to try one of these. Okay. Oh, uh, right. Okay, yep, done that one. Okay, right. Oh, listen to this, Freddie. As someone who just came back to riding after a 16-year hiatus and bought the 2021 Moto Guzzi V7 Centenario, I can definitely relate to this. I bought this with my heart and not my brain. Hopefully, it doesn't come back to bite me in the end. Uh, another one. 
I test rode both the Bonneville T120 and Interceptor 650 and I own both the Motorgood CV73 Special and the new V7850 Special. The T120 felt ponderous, much less agile than I had expected, a common complaint of the reviewing journalists. The T100 is supposedly more agile, but may be too smooth. I don't like the liquid cooling of the T120, although they did a good job hiding it. Also, there were reports of failing gearboxes on the T120s. Yeah, the Bonneville T120s, I heard this. I did hear this, so that's a fair point, which kept me away from buying. So apart from all of that, I think the Bonneville looks stunning with great attention to detail. I still think Triumph have, uh, should have uh, made the Kawasaki W800, which is closer to the original. Interesting, this person, Dutch Rider, actually says... He thinks the Kawasaki W800 is the most authentic of the modern classic motorcycles. The Kawasaki W800, very, very interesting. Uh, listen to this. This is a fair point. The, the Bonneville is made in Thailand and the Interceptor is made in India. These are two British motorcycle marks and they make their money selling the heritage. So the Bonneville is made in Thailand and the Interceptor is made in India. The W800 is made in Japan, and the Motoguzzi V7 is made in Italy. I still value, and I'm quoting here, I still value when a product is made in the original country, especially if it has such a heritage. The V7 stone is the rebel of the two. The special is more elegant, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the V7 is not only very characterful. Um, yeah, that's a fair point. Motoguzzi. It is assembled in, I think it's Milan. It is genuinely built and assembled in Milan. Yeah, they may get parts from China, etc., etc. But in all honesty, you know, what automotive, you know, operations don't nowadays. But the point is, it is assembled, it is built in Italy. Motoguzzi is genuinely an Italian company. Whereas Triumph now... They're built in Thailand. Is that a problem for me? For example, with Triumph being built in Thailand, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'm right now, some Harley Davidson's not being built in the USA, and you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but that's just top of my head. How do I feel about it? You know, these are two brands, Triumph, you know, it's, it's as British as they come, and Harley Davidson, as American as it comes. You know, how would I feel if I bought one knowing that it's not been built in, you know, the country where you really feel like, you know, you really feel it comes from, it should be built in. Uh, I, I'm actually a bit on the fence with this. I can't quite decide if I could have my choice. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of it being built in the country of its origin, you know, like the Kawasaki W800, you know, built in Japan, you know, you get that, that japanese build quality you know i'm sure in thailand they'll do a brilliant job and in india they bike crazy in india i'm sure they well i know i've ridden an intercept i've ridden all of the royal enfields they do a superb job it's brilliant the indians know how to make a motorbike um but you know how would i feel for example if you know if the kawasaki w800 was built in japan when japan really is famous for absolute 100 percent reliability do you get that same feeling if a japanese bike isn't built in japan because japan are so famous for absolute absolute reliability 
is it uh, you know do you still get that feeling of absolute reliability if they're no longer built in japan it's a really interesting question i'm genuinely and i do mean this i'm on the fence i understand why people why big manufacturers do it from a cost point of view you know the labor costs the land costs everything in uk is absolutely astronomical if you need to buy a plot of land in the uk big enough to produce uh, tens of thousands of motorcycle a year it would be eye-watering the amount you'd need to spend. Plus, of course, you know, minimum wage in the UK, it's got to be close to £10 now, whereas I'm sure in Thailand it's, and this is a wild guess, it's probably under a third of the price, or a third of the price, something like that. Um, so I get it from a business point of view, but it's a very fair point that person makes. It's nice to say, I own a Motoguzzi V7, and it was built in Italy. I think actually, and this is for Triumph owners, in fact, it's probably for any motorbike owner, you can actually see where your motorbike was built. I think, I'll double check, I think my Bonneville was actually built in in the UK, 2010 model, I think it was built in the UK. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that feeling. I do kind of like that feeling. Right, here we go. I continue. Uh, oh, actually, I'll come back to that in a bit. Just a couple of other things I want to get to. Um, final one I'm going to read from my phone that I screenshotted. Um, reg regarding Motoguzzi, why don't they sell in bigger numbers, Freddie? Because the retail network is Block Capital's crap. I've just acquired my A2 license. I asked if I could test ride an A2 model Motoguzzi. The answer... I, conv I convert the... I was about to do an Italian accent. That's ridiculous. It was actually in England. So I'll, I'll completely stop there and let me do a normal English accent. The answer was, and I'm quoting, I convert the bike to A2 only if you buy it. No test drive. Dot, dot, dot. So I went out and bought a BMW R9T. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a completely recurring theme we've got here. Um, let me read final three. Let me just read final three. I'm on my YouTube now and I just want to see what people are saying. I haven't read these previously. You can probably tell I'm doing it a bit uh, haphazardly. So um, I would add to that, uh, I would add to that dealing with Piaggio USA for customer service warranty issues is very difficult. And I second finding a dealer mechanic in the States who actually knows Motoguzzi's. If you buy a Motoguzzi in the US, plan on doing all of your own maintenance and understand the warranty. And understanding the warranty is pretty much useless. The V85 TT is a great bike in every respect, but you are on your own in a wasteland of support. Even though BMWs are outrageously expensive, least you can find support and there's good aftermarket parts see this is the thing people are willing to spend more to get a good service people will americans and you cannot ignore the american market it's gigantic so for piaggio to effectively ignore the american market it is surely it's madness surely you can't ignore the american market that's the one market you do have to crack so for Piaggio to have this attitude with the American market, I think it's completely ludicrous because I have not seen one American here. And I refer to the Canadians and the USA here, one North American here who's got anything nice to say about the 
the the customer service the aftermarket service of Moto Guzzi they say they like the bikes but they say that the service for Moto Guzzi is an absolute disgrace uh, people saying agreed that the dealer network needs expansion the V7's a great price for a uh, great bike for the price someone else exactly I live in Vancouver Canada I have a Moto Guzzi dealer in town 20 minutes away I had to wait three months to get parts back in 2019 the shop did fix the bike pretty quickly once the parts were in but I lost the entire riding season I also wished the bike had more oomph but not at the cost of putting these gimmicky riding modes on etc etc i agree with that motor goodsy deserves someone else motor goodsy deserves much more attention than the attention getting from the u.s market period exclamation uh someone else i have two motor goodsies one had a rear drive leak caused by a bad hub that was fixed under warranty luckily they fixed it and had the parts stateside so they had the parts in the us supposedly they're trying to do better with parts i think that they also need to advertise more i have never seen a motor goodsie advert yeah i agree i've never seen a motor goodsie advert anywhere they do absolutely nothing nothing to advertise it i have actually asked Motor Goodsy in the past. Can I borrow a V7? I'd love to test one out. And and they are the only motorcycle manufacturer to not even reply to me. And I promise you, I really do promise. This isn't me trying to sound big-headed like, oh, you know, I ask for a bike and I think I deserve an answer. I don't, honestly. It's just they're the only company to just not reply. You know, not even say, you know, sorry, Freddie, you know, we don't have a bike or you can't test them. Our stock levels aren't high enough. No other motorcycle manufacturer has just not replied. Uh, and obviously, I don't hold a grudge. It's completely up to them. I don't think I'm so special that I deserve a reply. But it's just interesting that they won't reply. Okay, right, right. I, for now, shall I, yeah, I for now, I'm going to briefly move on from Moto Guzzi because that is a bit of my rant over. Uh, listen to this. I had someone messaged me and he said freddie i'm just coming back into biking there are three motorbikes i'm looking to consider the royal enfield meteor the mutt which if you're not sure about what the mutt is it's it's an english biking brand they do 125s 250 bikes i've test ridden one i really liked it royal enfield meteor the mutt gts 250 or the suzuki gw 250 in uh, and he said, Freddie, what, what would you go for if you're just getting back into biking uh, after five years off and at 54 years old? Would you go for the, the, the Mutt, the 250cc Mutt motorcycle? Would you go for the Royal Enfield or the Suzuki? So the Suzuki Inazuma, it's, it looks like a commuter bike. You know, it looks like a kind of a classic 2021 Japanese commuter bike so you know it's not a stylish bike it's got some plastic on it you know it looks a bit futuristic that type of thing doesn't do anything for me personally from a an emotive point of view but I know that that will probably be the most reliable of the three and it will go on forever and it will be an extremely good bike so do you go for that the common sense on paper, the Suzuki is the one to buy. There's absolutely no question about it. So if you're talking from common sense, you, you cannot ever go wrong with Japanese bikes. They are bulletproof. On the other hand, you go for the extremely stylish Mutt motorcycle, or actually to go for the very similarly priced, very similarly priced Royal Enfield Meteor. 
And that is a bike that I've been desperate to try for such a long time. I actually said to him, I think I'd go for the Royal Enfield Meteor. You know, I'm sure, I haven't checked, I'm sure the sales figures for these are going to be going through the roof. But I think that actually, if you're just looking for relaxing, you know, relaxing rides every now and again, you're not looking to break the speed limit. I think that Meteor could actually be a forever bike. I've, I actually want to chat about it today and show some good used examples, but I've spoken about it in the past. I just think the Meteor is a really, really good looking bike. I genuinely actually would like to own it. You know what? Let me just see how I'm doing for time. Oh, let me squeeze it in. Okay, let me just squeeze in. Uh, tell you how much, if in the UK there are any used Royal Enfield Meteors. I'm going to be very quick here because uh, I want to get on to a few more Motoguzis. Okay, Royal Enfield. Can you get anything good value? Oh, I have to also tell you something while I'm looking for this. Do you remember? I have to get onto this quickly. Do you remember... Um, Last week, I said to you that, um, look, someone at MCN Motorcycle Live or um, Motorcycle Live Big Bike event said, look, Freddie, next year, all of the semiconductor issues are going to be sorted out. Uh, they'll all be sorted out um, and th there'll be no supply issues. And basically what this will mean is that you know, all the used motorcycle prices, they are going to come down in price now because the the new motorcycle market is is going to be back on its feet completely production will be you know quick again and uh, everything everything will set in be set into place effectively but someone messaged me and i won't say who it is i want to say who it is because um uh, you know, they've got uh, good YouTube and Insta, but I don't want to just because they're, they're kind of in and around the industry. So I don't want to give too much away in case I'm saying something kind of confidential. But basically, this person said to me, look, Freddie, actually, I work within the semiconductor industry. There's, there's not much hope until mid 2022 of this semiconductor issue being sorted out. They said that... Um, do, 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 do. Okay, we are still struggling to get products. This is this is semiconductor products. We're still struggling to get products in, even in mid 2022. The car industry is also struggling. Um, so basically, he's saying that look, there's not any end in sight for the issues with supply of these semiconductors for motorcycles and cars. So these issues with supply are going to go on and on and on for the future for motorcycles and cars. So actually, there's probably not an end in sight. I don't think that used motorbike prices are actually going to be coming down anytime soon. And you still probably have the supply chain issues with buying brand new motorbikes as well. So that's just to bear in mind. Right, Royal Enfield Meteor cheapest one right now in the uk three thousand three hundred and eighty pounds 2021 model with 839 miles my god every time i look at these bikes i like them more and more this is a game-changing bike i hope it's doing well i feel a bit disconnected in tenerife actually i must i must get out and test one of these oh i, I wish i wish royal enfield could send me one out to tenerife Hmm, that gives me an idea. Maybe I'll ask. Okay. Motoguzzi. Right. This, I've kind of, I may have scared you off now, Motoguzzi, especially if you're an American. But they do some superb bikes. If I go on to 
auto trader right now and I look at Motor Guzzi, you see how many really amazing motorbikes they are. It almost reminds me a bit of um, Lancia, the American car company. You know, that they were always plagued with kind of a reputation of not being reliable, rusting away, although to be fair to Motor Guzzi, I'm sure there's no rust issues, but they were plagued with reliability issues. The... Uh, the Lancia but they made some mind-blowingly good cars the best rally cars brilliant cars and Moto Guzzi you know they still got this reputation that they can't shake of a lack of reliability my uncle said to me he bought a Moto Guzzi in the early 90s I think it was and it was so unreliable and poorly made that two weeks after he bought it or even a week after he bought it he actually had to demand the dealer from London bought it back off him it was that atrociously made in back in 1990 so the dealer basically bought it back off him I think he went out and got a Honda Blackbird instead because he just thought right I'm not taking a risk with this it's just not worth it a, a motorbike guess what it has to actually be some transport that you can get around on um, that's probably why the Japanese bikes are so popular because they do a damn good job of doing what they're meant to do and that's getting you from A to B but it got me thinking what can I get what can I get as a used proposition for a Moto Guzzi? Because, look, if I... I don't even know where I live now. I guess I kind of live in the UK or Spain. Let's just say I live in Europe. I should be okay for supply issues, surely. I mean, th there always used to be this joke with Italian motorcycle brands that... Um, just pray that your Italian bike doesn't break down in the summer because, because that's when they're off into the mountains. That's when all the locals in Italy, they leave their their normal places of work and they head off into the cool mountains in Italy so if, you, if your bike breaks down in the summer if your Italian bike breaks down that's it you've had it it's not getting repaired until at the end of summer August but but surely things aren't that bad now surely that's just uh you know that's just a kind of hangover from the past so let me have a look at what I can find and when I start looking when I start looking on Autotrader at Moto Guzzi's I realise how many stunning bikes they've made. And, and you know, I'll be completely honest with you. Bikes I've never heard of. I've never heard of them at all, but I absolutely love them. I'm looking here. They come in. The cheapest Guzzi, Guzzi online right now, £2,650. I'm looking at a Moto Guzzi Breva, 750cc, 48 horsepower. Actually incredible how little horsepower they get out of these bikes. It looks, it just looks so, so nice. It really does. I don't even know what to call it. It's like way too good to call it some kind of commuter. It's like a great looking naked modernish bike that's almost 20 years old with a circular headlight. Never seen one in my life, but it, it looks all day comfort. I want to buy it. I do. And then I move on. I've got here. Oh, this is nice. This is an 1100 Breva. Moto Guzzi. 1100 Breva from 2005 it's 3200 pounds it looks really really good really good you know it's got that shaft drive it's got the singular headlight it looks really muscular this bike it's you know an 1100 cc with just 17,000 miles no sorry 19,000 it's got 19,000 miles 1100 cc motorbike that looks completely immaculate and it's only 3200 pounds i think that's brilliant value for such a good looking bike that i've never heard of i i really really want one i'm, I'm coming up to, okay i don't have much time left i want to do two final bikes here 
Okay, I'm going to go to page two. Two final bikes and then I wrap it up. Oh, I'm glad this came up. Moto Guzzi, California. I've had quite a few California owners message me. They really like their bikes. These, from owners, get good reviews, actually. Moto Guzzi, California, 1995 model. I've checked a review earlier today. These apparently you know they can be spoken about in the same breath as the best cruisers they've got a good reputation these motor goodsy california of course they never sold in big numbers because look an italian cruiser probably won't ever sell in big numbers but it looks it looks good i really like it it's a thousand cc it's got twenty six thousand miles on the clock uh it's going to come with a year's mot they'll mot it for you the garage they're selling that and it's three thousand nine hundred pounds i think I think for £3,900, that is one of the absolute coolest cruiser motorcycles it is possible to buy on the market right now. A really stylish thing. And the final one, let me see if there's something that's really exciting. Ooh, there's a Moto Guzzi V35 from 1986, 350cc, but maybe that's a bit too brave for me. I don't think I could buy an 80s Guzzi. Um, I did the V7s recently, so I'm not going to do a V7 now. What I'm going to do is, oh, look at this. Moto Guzzi Grizo, G-R-I-S-O. Moto Guzzi Grizo 1100cc bike from 2006, 25,000 miles on the clock. It seems like Guzzi always do that single circular headlamp. It looks amazing. This engine, this bike looks like it's on steroids i've never 100 percent never seen one in my life one of the most unique looking motorbikes i have ever seen it's long it's muscular motor goodsy grizo i really genuinely highly suggest you go and have a look at these because that's one of the coolest looking bikes i've seen i mean it wow that could be brand new that bike it looks so good and that's that is the that's Italian styling, isn't it? They just get it right. The Italians know how to style sublime looking machines. Right, I'll end it there, but have a look at that. Motor Guzzi Grizo 1100. Wow. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. I will see you in the next one. And I welcome, actually, any comments or input about Motor Guzzi because I found it absolutely fascinating people's reaction to it very good feedback on the bikes atrocious feedback on customer service after sales um, and everything else apart from the bikes atrocious absolutely awful thank you so much for listening have a brilliant day all and i will speak to you in the next one on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.